Welcome, guys, to Rin Giants Podcast, episode number four. We cannot believe we made it to episode number four either. Believe me, with a partner like me, I'm shocked Rav is still on board. My name is Farhad, across the ocean, over Skype, legendary Rav joining me. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, getting a lot of positive feedback from the f- listeners. Clearly, we're doing something right, and we want to thank you guys for every single positive feedback you give us because in this day and age of social media i'm shocked we're still on um we have a lot of stuff to discuss (laughs) before we get to it let's take care of the business as always follow us on instagram at uvfc.com spelled out at uv podcast um same on twitter at uv podcast same on twitter at uvfc.com spelled out Get your latest news on Juve and everything you related on UVFC.com, which is just, you know, just a website. It's just an awesome website that Rav updates and has since 2001. What else? Facebook.com slash Juve podcast. Um, ways to listen to us. SoundCloud. Spotify, which is, which is apparently the king of podcasts. As I mentioned a couple of times on a podcast, I look at the numbers and... You know, the youths, the youths, they love their Spotify, iTunes, and Google uh, Google Podcasts. Cannot miss us. This is the Turin Giants podcast. I will be recording Juve podcast, the, the, the flagship podcast with Giovanni, in a few days after the game against uh, Lokomotiv. Shout out to all my Russian listeners. Lokomotiv, period. Not really. Uh, I do speak fluent Russian. Um <laughs> You speak any other languages? Language of love? Yeah? Uh, <laughs> no, man. Seriously. I can barely get by in English, to be honest. Right. I speak a little bit of Turkish, like a tiny, oh, like awesome. the smallest of Turkish. So, yeah, that's Interesting. it. Interesting. So do I. We will, uh, we will be discussing, speaking of Turkish and, and uh, Demiral, we will be discussing the controversy a little bit later in the podcast. We want to start on a couple of positive notes. Congratulations to Paulito Dybala for getting an MVP of October. Or is it September? Is it October or September? Uh, September, I think. September. Okay, yeah. that makes sense because it's <laughs> October is not right. October is not. Uh, hopefully, he'll get the uh, MVP for October as well. I am here yeah. to officially take the L. I am not a proud man. I'm not too <laughs> proud to say that. Listen, I was one of those people. I was pulling for him. And the fact that he's proving me wrong, I love it. I, I, I love, you know, what he's, what he's been doing. And I will gladly eat my words and encourage him to keep doing what he's been doing. You know, uh, he's made headlines in, it, you know, David Italia, which we will be also kind of touching on. We did a whole episode with Giovanni on David Italia, but showing respect to Rav, you know, he wanted to talk about it as well. So we'll, we'll give him a few minutes to discuss that. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, how can you not be happy about Dybala, right? He has, he's just been amazing, to be honest, considering mm-hmm. all the, like, the the crap that we had to deal with over the summer about where he was going to go, and was he leaving or wasn't he leaving, and the impression that I got was that he just, he put his foot down, like, he really put his foot down, he didn't want to leave, and he fought to stay, and he did it not once, not twice, but three times, because... For whatever reason, he he wants to stay at Juve. Um, I think a lot of cynical people will say, you know, it's it's about money and it's about this and that. 
um, the more kind of optimistic amongst us would say, you know, he just really loves being at Juve. And he he put his foot down, he stayed, he didn't complain, and he's never really complained about not getting, you know, playing time. He's never complained about not playing in the right position. And it just feels like it's starting to click a little bit. It, it took time, which is what we all said, you know, we all said, like, we started, it's, it's going to take time for for everything to kind of fall into place, for everyone to learn his methods. And it's it feels like it's getting there. You know, and we saw that, like you say, in the Derby d'Italia, he was just, he was immense. And I just don't see how you can keep him out of the starting 11 right now. I don't know if you agree with that or... Um, now, no. In the beginning, when he was sitting those games yeah. out, I think I think the coach just was just feeling it out. Uh, but at this point... He's on firing on all cylinders. Um, yeah, it would be a mistake. I mean, I, I love the guy, and he needs to keep going. He needs to keep pushing. He's clearly, you know, mentally he's opening up a little bit. So I, I really do hope that that we see him starting a little more. Yeah, absolutely, and he deserves it. It's not like it's done for any other reason other than merit. Like, he, he has just got his head down. He's put behind... What happened in the summer? He's he's just kind of focused on on playing, and I think gradually that's starting to translate into into really good form on the pitch. And I think I think more so than anything else, it just seems like when we play this four three one two, I suppose, where he's playing alongside uh, Cristiano, that just really seems to get the absolute best out of him. And mm-hmm. I kind of prefer the idea of us sticking with that than constantly switching around. I think. I think you need to get what works best and get, you know, the, the kind of formation that gets the best results and and kind of go with that. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a, a huge fan of Dybala, but we saw what he did and, and we saw how how sort of how how improved he, he's been in, in the last couple of games. So, yeah. Hey man, I'm, you, I'm you, just, you don't I'm, score against Inter at their house on the third minute if you're not there mentally. I think I think he knew what he was doing. The shot yeah, was right. great, and it, I mean, it was it was a great goal against our rivals. And what better way to to announce your return? You know what I mean? It's, it's just that goal was ridiculous. I screamed my lungs out. <laughs> Me so, too. I swear that was yeah, that was amazing. That, but I did scream my lungs out even more when Ronaldo scored, which which is Ronaldo scoring against against Inter for me for any Juve fan is like you know the the top. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, when, when we didn't know that Ronaldo's goal was going to be annulled, um, it was it was just... Oh, yeah, know, yeah. Just As gotcha. a UF fan, this is the top. It doesn't get any better. Yeah, Ronaldo scoring against Inter. Unfortunately, speaking of Dybala, he was offside. I don't know how the, the referee noticed it. It was super tough to spot, but apparently he was. Speaking of Ronaldo, our boy mm. just hit the 700 mark. Incredible, man. I mean, it's... it's amazing. I saw somewhere that if you started your football career at 18 years old, if you scored like 30 goals a year, you'd still have 600. So the fact that he got to seven and he's still playing, uh, he's uh, he's not a rule. He's an exception. And I know he's the, the bar will be set so high. And if you if he wins the Champions League with Juve, that would be... The, the GOAT status will just... Just be cemented. There's no question, you know, Messi fans can can argue and bring up stats. If he wins, I'm not even talking about Serie A. It would be great. But if he wins the Champions League with Juve, 
just doesn't, doesn't get better than that. Just, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So let's break down his 700 career goals. Uh, sporting, which, which I was really surprised to see. He scored five goals for Sporting. So, yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> as much as I can't stand Manchester United, but Ferguson, Fergie, I have mad respect for him because he noticed the guy, and obviously the scouts from Manchester yeah. United. I'm not sure how that went, but noticing a guy who scored only five goals for the team, clearly there was a, you know potential there. Scored 118 goals in all competitions for Man United. Blech. Real Madrid, uh, 450. If he scored 450 and retired, he'd still... That, yeah. that would still be a, the, the most incredible um, record. Portuguese national team, 95 goals. And Juve, 32, uh, which, which hopefully will double, if not triple. Um, uh, Paratici was talking about how this is not his last year. Because even me and Giovanni on the podcast, we were bringing up the fact that, hey, man, you never know. We might, we might be able to sell him after this season and get a huge profit. But... I'm glad that our management is confirming that he will be staying for the for the third season. All right. Yeah. Thank God. The mic is yours. Shit. Sorry, I talked your ear off. What, what do you think about no, this, no, this achievement? I just, it, it's like I, I can't even process it because the numbers are just so um, they're just so out there, and the guy is like an alien. He's you know like they, they keep talking about him like he's not of this earth you know like he's he's just like like you say like uh an exception not the rule and yeah. I'll, I'll be honest when he used to play against us i hated this guy uh, okay hate is a strong word i disliked him a lot because he just used to score against us again and again and again and it was weird like looking from the outside in and you just see him and he's in this team and you know, they just constantly, uh, he's just constantly scoring, you know, just everywhere. It doesn't matter what competition. And then he comes to Juve and you start, obviously you start seeing, you know, like the other side of him. And, okay, putting aside the fact that he that he plays for Juve and all the rest, but as I started to read more about the, the dedication of the guy and, you know, the, the effort that he puts in, this is not something that is just kind of like, you know, he just clicks his fingers and he scores. I think a lot of players have, like a certain degree of natural talent. I think Messi has a lot of natural talent. And this is nothing against Cristiano, but I think he has worked and he's put in the effort, which makes it all the more special for me because mm -hmm. he's had to sacrifice and he doesn't, you know, the guy doesn't drink, the guy doesn't eat any crap. He, he, he's training six days out of the week. <laughs> Fucking nerd. You know, he, he, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just insane. And the amount of effort that he puts in and then what he gets back is, is the rewards. And the guy is just, like, if you look at our stats, I think on average over the last couple of seasons, you look at most of the players that we have playing in attack and they would average maybe two or three shots on goal. This guy averages when he plays at Juve. I think when I looked at something like five or six or seven shots mm -hmm. and that's on like an average day, you know, <laughs> like yeah. when he's really on form, he has like 10 shots on goal and two or three of those go in. Um, it, it's just insane. And I think the mentality of the man kind of feeds into everyone else in the team like they all say that he's a great guy and he's very down to earth and you can approach him and he and he loves to laugh and joke but when he's on the pitch like just just don't get in his way you know seriously 700 goals insane and it's just it's like this kind of feeling of um just kind of pride for me because mm -hmm. you Absolutely. people are going to look back yeah pe people are going to look back at his career and they're going to say okay we had cristiano ronaldo playing at sporting and united and real 
And in that history is going to be two, hopefully three, hopefully even four seasons at Juventus at age 34 and 35. And you just think that's that's just insane mm-hmm. that he can still do that. So, yeah, I just I'm I'm completely in awe of the guy, to be honest, what he's what he's achieved. It's it's insane. You're right. I mean, it's it's a point of pride for us Juve fans. You know, you can uh, you can listen to all the chatter and all the, you know, haters talking and i can't believe i just used the word haters at my age but but you know you know who i mean um people who try to diminish diminish your success uh it's amazing that that juve will be mentioned for the rest for the rest of history that he was he was one of our players and you know you you we we all grow up and you know i used to make really rough jokes about him and you know post him and thinking i was i was clever but once the guy shows respect to your team you have to show the respect back and uh, obviously, I mean it's it's been more than a year and a half, or like a year and some year and some change, and we're still talking about how geeked out we are that you know he uh, he's, exactly. he's he's one of us, and and I and I do like uh, that he kind of dropped the you know the, the the act a little bit, and he's he's a little more mature now that he's you know thirty four, and when he posts or his team posts you know social media pictures on Instagram and stuff like that, he always puts the first picture of many. With his teammates, you know, hugging and you know, giving respect. It's not like it's a picture of himself every everywhere you go. So, it, you know, you you show respect, and he definitely shows it back. And he's a normal, regular dude. Um, yeah. Hopefully, one day, one day, one if if he lifts that Champions League trophy, and I know there's a very little mm. chance of that happening, but for for Juve fans, you know, it's it's at this point, it's unattainable. You know, we say stuff <laughs> like you know we will celebrate it one year, but is this finally our year? Like, is this finally happening? I will post that photo with him holding that cup and, you know, every room in my house because it's... <laughs> I, th- I think we get carried away. Like, I-, I think because we've been hurt so many times, we're yeah, like the abusive I mean, wives. Absolutely, like, absolutely. <laughs> but then the, it starts to get to, like, this time and we start to play better and, we, and we, you know, like, we go through into the, the last 16 and then we get into the semifinals and you start to believe again it's the belief that kills you every goddamn time and then you're there like you know going into the semifinals thinking okay this is going to be our year and this year i'm i'm just going to try my best not to, to get into that mindset but yeah. you know it, it, with the best of intentions are probably right. i have to stay positive all right um i know we shockingly uh, actually let me bring up a couple of things uh first of all let's let's do a little let's do a little break uh, we have an exciting guest lined up for the next next Juve podcast with Giovanni. Uh, I will be interviewing the admin for Socios.com, the legendary. Everybody wants to hear from him. Everybody wants to, uh, to talk to him, and he's obviously a cool dude. So I will post um, on Twitter and Instagram. I will post a f- few posts about the Q&A with him, with uh, Socios admin. This is the first time this is being announced. I kind of you know blurted it out on twitter he wrote back we linked up and i think it could be a fun fun interview and you know to get the word about socials because they do they do an awesome work out uh, over there and sending sending you know fans to the stadium and shirts and signed jerseys they're a pretty cool organization i thought giving them a little more exposure would be kind of cool so tune in for that um we'll be doing that next week uh turin giants hoodies um they're 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 going like hotcakes. I have a couple of uh, I have a couple of larges remaining. If you guys are interested, please uh, r- write to me on Instagram at Juve Podcast or 
Twitter. Uh, it's the the response was was shocking. Was shocking. I tried to do it a few <laughs> months ago. Um, I got kind of shy. I didn't want to annoy people. But then, uh, shout outs to Maurizio again. Uh, Maurizio is is one of those people that um, he he encourages you. He's he's one of those guys that wants his friends to do well. So he he kept pushing me. He said that you cannot stop. You know, one time little failure. That shouldn't define you. So I posted him again, and guess what? You know, barely any remaining. The new drop is coming. It will be a hundred times better than than what you guys. And the current one is pretty sick. By the way, you have two on 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 their way to uh, to your oh. house, my friend. So I hope you enjoy. Um, all right. So that takes care of that little piggy. If you guys are fans of Snatch, you know where that movie came from. When that where that. Um, <laughs> phrase came from. Um, so we didn't really get a chance to talk about Marquisio and him retiring because it was it came at a different difficult time. The, the podcast was recorded, so this is the first time we're bringing that up. Uh, Rob, I'll give you I'll, I'll I'll give you the word and tell us what Marquisio and what he stands for. What that means to you? Um, you know what? It's the kind of thing that I couldn't really I, i'll try and put it into words but it's more like you, you, would you, have, to you like, have your tissues ready you have your your kleenex next to you <laughs> um yeah seriously you would have to like cut me open to to kind of understand what i f feel about this guy i mean it's you have to for me personally i'm not saying for anyone else i'm just speaking for myself but you have to put aside for me all the goals and the statistics and the performances and all the rest it's the the level of commitment like for me as a fan and perhaps in other parts of my life as well maybe that's why it means so much but like loyalty commitment is something that i can't really put a price on and mm -hmm. to have this he, guy he goes beyond stats for sure it, it's it goes so beyond stats at 25 years playing in that jersey as a kid uh, biding his time, all he wanted to do was get back to Juventus even when he was out on loan for that once, uh, I think it was one season, a couple of seasons, one season at Empoli, I remember. And he came back and we were so hyped. And I think by and large, he he, he lived up to that. Like, like I say, put, put everything else aside, put aside the goals and the statistics. It's the fact that he's stuck it out with us all those years. There were times when he he wasn't even in the starting eleven, or he was being played out of position, or uh, you know some younger player was going to play ahead of him, and he just never complained. He never mm -hmm. made a big deal out of it. He never said a single bad word about a coach when he was benched. He never said a word out of turn. He never said anything against the club. That you don't get anymore. Like you get players coming out and uh, you know they through their agents or through the press or whatever they moan and bitch this guy spent 25 years at the club never complained and then at the end of his career because he couldn't even bear to play at another club in italy he decided to go abroad and he could have come back when he when he finished at zenit i, I think he had offers from brescia he had offers from i think possibly from bologna as well so there were a couple of clubs he could have gone to play for mm -hmm. and he just said the hell with it i'm not going to play for anyone else in italy uh, I'd rather retire than put another another shirt in Italy than Juve's, and that that just tra transcends everything when it comes to like football and all the rest. Uh, I just uh, I have such affection for that guy. Like people are gonna, I'm gonna look back in 20, 30, 40 years. Um, you know, I'll still be supporting Juventus, and I'll see all these other players that have come and gone, and I, I will still think about this guy, and I'll still hold him in such 
like such a high level of regard. You know, like I say, I just I could talk about him for hours, but I'm not going to. So <laughs> I'm going to stop yeah. rambling. But I don't know if well, you feel the same. But yeah, I just absolutely. Well, I, I was I was reading. Uh, by the way, um, if you guys want to head out, there's a great article on Black and White and Red All Over dot com. Um, the UV the UV blog. Shoutouts to uh, Manu C. That's that's how he signed the article. I would like to read a a little passage from here. He says. He retired with 389 appearances as a Juventus player. He's a seven-time Italian champion and four-time Coppa Italia winner. Marchisio was an Italian national team mainstay for the better part of the decade, with 55 caps for the Azzurri. The five goals his name on the international stage. Il Principino retired as an icon and symbol of Juventus' Juventus's rebirth and one of the last remainders of the least successful period in Juventus history. When we look back on his career, the things that will stand out the most won't be the injuries or his time at Zenit, where he won the Russian championship because uh, winning is a habit. You know, actually, he is a Russian champion, <laughs> if we're, if we're <laughs> exactly. looking at his stats. But we will remember the all-around midfielder that made his Juventus debut in Serie B and had his goodbye as an Italian champion. Goosebumps all over just reading that. Uh, he was, you know, Marchisio is is like a big brother to all Juve fans. Um, you know, if, if, if Del Piero is, is our dad, Buffon is our other dad, you know, it's modern times, you know, open up your mind a little bit. Uh, Marchisio is yeah. definitely our, our big brother. Uh, I had a chance to meet him. I, uh, you know, even if it was for a few minutes, it was in San Francisco. Uh, our Juve f- uh, fan club of Southern California just got started and Juve messaged us. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, Juve messaged us privately when Juve Twitter was so, <laughs> I mean, they, they won't bat an eye at you now, but back in those days, like they contacted the fan club of, of California that I started, invited us to San Francisco. I grabbed a couple of guys and we drove out there uh, and uh, we went to the Giants Stadium, which is a baseball field. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it was a weird setup, but we, you know, we saw Juve play live and after one of the trainings with Conte, by the way, uh, which which was a like it was a summer friendly they played against Everton but the training regimen it was so grueling that you know some of the players they went to the to the bus after the game the, after the the practice and they scrimmaged and they, it was like an hour and a half training that we were invited to it was pretty cool uh, but Marquisios was one of those players who came out and you know you know they were tired and they were ready to move on but he did come out and took pictures with every single fan signed the jersey signed the you know pictures and then uh Maurizio Isla was one of those players as well by the way who came out <laughs> um we we met Tevez we uh, unfortunately Pirlo was too tired he went to the to the bus um uh Bonucci came out right. Chiellini of course you know Conte so it was it was a really cool moment to meet him and and you know, compliment him on on his great smell, and he laughed. And you know, we we had a we had a moment. <laughs> I'm sure he remembers it. Um, not much more to say about him. We just wanted to make sure that we give him a few minutes of our our time on the podcast because he's an absolute Juve legend, and you know, it's just undeniable. All just right. one more thing I want. Yes, sir. Real quick, like, um, like I okay, we scored God knows how many goals, you know, during my time as a Juventino. But if I were to put like my top 10 yes, the, the goal that he scored against Inter just you need to go and watch it like we were so dreadful that season we were rubbish but we still won uh, that game absolutely and if 
if there's any like younger, um, you know, Juventini that are just, you know, finding the club, uh, go back and go onto YouTube and look up the goal that he scored and the finish. I think uh, Sissoko uh, gave him the assist, but just the finish, the way he moved his feet, it's, um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, so he, he, to, to he, have ju- he, he, he juked the defender it's and, amazing. you know, went, went around the keeper and the fact that it was like after That's, 80th minute yeah. and the game was tied, so he won the scoring goal. And, you know, just to finish finish this topic, there's there's nothing more Juve than Marquisio slapping the crest on you know on his chest after scoring a goal <laughs> against Inter. Just just doesn't get people. Just other Juve fan, other fans of other teams just will never understand. And that's another that's another thing. Marquisio was ours. You know he we knew he every transfer season, every transfer period, there was talk about other players leaving but but Marquisio was always the guy who would we, we just never had any doubts about him staying so that's shout outs to him and you know we, we will always cherish what we have with him um I believe you prepared uh, an injury roundup is that true um I took a very brief look over and to be honest I think the only players that are still out by by the looks of it um there was a brief update just before we were about to start recording and uh, Chiellini's agent said that he is working on his recovery, but they're not sure when he's going to be back, but they're hoping that he will be back for next year. So they're looking at sort of the pretty much the tail end of the season. Um, other than that, I think Di Chilio and Costa and Danilo are all going to be back um, basically after this break. Well, um, not, not to put you on the spot, but time. like I, I have transfermarket.us in front of me. Uh, so Giorgio Chiellini, ah. uh, expected return March 3rd, 2020. Missed matches will be 31. Uh, Perin, unfortunately, shoulder injury, uh, expected return November 18th, 2019. Uh, De Cilio, they don't say anything about him, and Douglas Costa. Well, Douglas Costa should be starting against Bologna, right? Is that is that what I read? I mean, I, that's what I, I read. read. Is that, that true? Yeah. Um, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that they've said. I mean, I, I'm still not too sure what exactly is going to happen. It it makes more sense, I think, for Sari to to play four three three, put Costa in, and use perhaps players that weren't away with the international breaks. So players like Danilo and. Um, uh, Douglas Costa, so Cuadrado and, and Dybala might get a break, um, and the players that didn't go away will, will probably start more than likely. So yeah, I, I, I get the the feeling that he will be uh, back in the starting eleven. Um, but yeah, it it looks like most of the the sort of injury crisis is kind of coming to an end. Touch wood. So we <laughs> should be okay for a while now. Knock on wood, man. Knock on wood. Yeah, absolutely. Touch with, touch yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, I, at at some point, uh, I they didn't mention Danilo. Sorry, I, I missed. Um, you're saying he's on his way back as well, right? Apparently so. Yeah, I'm sure I read that he was due back after the international break as well. So the the three players that were all going to be back were Dechilio, Danilo, and Douglas Costa. So we sh- we should have all three of those guys back. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, at some point it looked really rough, and uh, <laughs> we, we should mention Cuadrado and what he's done for the team, and uh, he picked up the slack, and and you know, I was I was again one of those people, man. Cuadrado was his uh, his footballing IQ, as I always said, was was about zero. I mean, he 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 would open up space, he would he would run in, he would run his ass off, but finishing product was was poor 
about 60% of the time, it felt like. But yeah. picked up the slack, you know, scored a goal against uh, Atletico, and he's been firing on all cylinders, and now they're talking about extending his contract. Again, I'll, I'll eat my words, you know, it's, he's, 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 uh, he's been great. Uh, also, Bonucci, you know, we, we should mention him. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I think Guadalajara has, has been, um, he's, okay, I'm not going to say like a revelation, but I think he's been pretty, pretty fantastic at right back to the point where you, you kind of look at what he's done in the last two or three games and you think maybe he's more of a contender to start over Danilo and, and De Chilio for the time being because mm-hmm. we haven't really had any issues. He's He's been, I thought he was really good when we played, uh, like I said, the last couple of games, he's I don't know, maybe playing that bit further back kind of kind of gets more out of him. And, and I think also what you were just about to say, having Bonucci next to him, like having him just shouting at him constantly and, and kind of like barking orders, mm-hmm. um, maybe about, it's and, had an influence we, more so than anything else. I think Sadi just, just moved. Yeah, go ahead. We, we should also mention, uh, sorry guys, um, so since this happened again, I don't mean to interrupt Rav, and he doesn't no, no. mean to interrupt me, but since we're not face-to-face, you're always going to have those exactly. little screw-ups. It's not because we don't like each other. It's just the, the, <laughs> the, the delay is that when I think he's done, he's done talking, I start talking. There's, there's none of that. I, I don't mean to interrupt, and I hate to be one of those guys, but sometimes that happens. Um, what do you think about Barzali's return? Team, team kind of, kind of uh, you know, uh, smartened up and, and defensively has been... Has been a lot better. I think. I think we had like. Ah, oh, I wish I had that stat. But basically, goals conceded uh, went down by a lot uh, when when Barzali returned to the team, right? I think we've only conceded one, which was the yeah, penalty, which was, was like a, a big mistake, uh, just an individual error. It wasn't down to anything that the team did, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about the the young players that are coming through now. So we've got uh, obviously Delicht, and we've got Demiral, and we've got uh, Romero, who's who's at Genoa, but he's going to be coming back. But um, I don't know about everyone else, but it just kind of gives me this sort of feeling of real satisfaction that okay, Chiellini's out, but he's still on crutches, walking around. He's at every game, he's cheering <laughs> on. It's like yeah. you know, he's teaching them. Bonucci's there on the pitch. It's like the you know, like the the captain, and he's he's there to kind of instruct them and, and shout at them, and then back of house you've got Barzali uh, helping the coaches. Um, uh, you know, in terms of the defensive aspect of the game, I I just love that. And then you've got Buffon still at the club as well. So it's like all four of these guys went their separate ways at one point, and they all kind of you know one was injured, one retired, one was at Milan. You know, we won't talk about that. One went to PSG, and now they're all kind of back together again, and sort of passing it on to this younger generation and. Yeah, I don't think you can downplay it. I think people would probably say, oh, you know, it's just it's coincidence or you're making too much of it or you're just trying to put a positive spin on it. But having someone like Barzali, who he was one of the most underrated defenders at, mm-hmm. at one point. I think he was the kind of the quiet guy of the of the BBC. And his mm-hmm. uh, just his influence, his technical ability, the way that he could read a game. You watch, go back and watch some of his tackles. Um, the the reading that he had of of, of um, opposition strikers was was just immense. His positioning, the way he could just look at things and and suss things out so quickly. So, yeah, for for other players to be learning from that, just amazing. And 
you said one goal conceded down to an individual error. So, you know, maybe it's coincidence. Maybe we're making too much of it. But I like to think that uh, that he's he's having a really strong influence. All right, Ralph. So, as always, this is a listener um, listener driven or and uh, wow. What am I trying to say here? We've got listener questions. Sorry, I was trying to be too fancy here. <laughs> we, 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 we love that you guys send your questions and send your comments. So this is the part of the show that we'll dedicate to that. Um, before we get to that, did you see the Joker, by the way? I haven't seen it yet. I've been meaning to. but What's wrong, uh, with, yeah, you? What's wrong like... with you? <laughs> I know. Jesus. The hell. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. Like it's uh, It blew me away. It was a good time at the movies. Like I... Yeah, I mean, oh. what, what I mean, what's what's there left to say about it? If you guys haven't, you you tr- you will truly enjoy it because it's it's a great piece of like filmmaking. You you go and you know that this 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 is not a movie; it's like a film. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, let's. I don't know. I just I just wanted to mention Joker because uh, <laughs> you know usually the movies at the movies are pretty crap, and you kind of get over it in a in a as soon as you leave the the cinema. But this movie kind of stays with you and. Uh, I wanted to mention that, and speaking of that, since this is kind of has to do with mental mental uh, issues, uh, uh, mental mental health awareness week was was a couple of weeks ago. So if you guys ever ever feeling down and you got no one to talk to, we're more than just the UV accounts. You can drop us a line. Uh, I don't know about Rob if he wants to deal with your nonsense, but <laughs> I'm always. All right, you can just drop us a, a, a direct message on anywhere on social media, especially the younger generation. If you if you feel like there's no one to turn to, we've all been through that. We're we're old farts, and we know how to deal with that stuff. And we'll we'll provide any kind of comfort that that we can. Uh, so if you're struggling out there, we we all go through tough times. Please let us know. Um, all right, moving on. Finally, let's go to the listener questions. You have them. You have them with you. Uh, I don't. Do you have them in front of you? I can. Ooh, let me, great, I can take great it. production. With <laughs> <laughs> sorry, this is the, no, no, no. I'm just joking. Uh, I do have them. In front of, I, I do have them in front of me. You guys sent a lot of questions. Um, we like to concentrate on questions that that you know provide some kind of a discussion, uh, food for thought, uh, formations, and what we'll do if if a certain player comes back. It's sort of tough to discuss because it's you know like you know it's it doesn't really depend on us uh but there are some questions that are really interesting all right so let's get to it uh that one question Lindsay our our brand, our brand new listener Lindsay she was asking about uh what we think about Mandzukic going to potentially going to um, Manchester, Manchester United. United. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I look at a, a potential deal like that, and I just see, um, I just see positives for for pretty much everyone involved. I think mm-hmm. they, as a club, are quite desperately in need of experienced players, especially in attack. I think they've lacked. They've lacked that. They've had a lot of young strikers um, in the recent years. And I think since they lost Ibra, I think they've lost that kind of experienced head. Um, so someone like Mandzukic, who is probably not the most vocal of people, but really sort of leads by example and, and can kind of, uh, you know, get some of these younger players 
just working a little bit harder and, and passing on what he knows. I think it would be, I think it would be huge for them. I think he gets to go and feel wanted and he gets to play regularly. Uh, we get perhaps a little bit of money and, you know, that's pretty much what we're going to get out of it. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, it just feels like it's a win-win. I, I don't see how or where he's going to play at Juventus for the time being when you have uh, Cristiano ahead of him, you have Higuain ahead of him, you have Dybala ahead of him. He's, he's sort of fourth in the pecking order. So I think it would be good if they were linking Allegri to, to United as well. And I think that that kind of would work out as, as a good move for him as well. I think it, it's... Um, I think that's more the type of coach that they need right now, more than anything else. So, yeah, I think is I think it though? Is it though? I, I mean, if you bring <laughs> if he brings his style of game to uh, to to fans that are so starved for for goals and for action, and I'm no Manchester United fan. Don't get me wrong. I I am enjoying every second of their downfall, um, <laughs> but but I just like it's going to be Allegri out within like first 30 minutes of the first half i'm guessing <laughs> you're gonna see somehow no, I, yeah i get the feeling more that he will go i think they need someone i don't think they need someone to to sort of play attacking football i know that's what their fans want they want to play like attacking football they want to play really sort of attractive football etc cetera, etc cetera. they've tried that they've tried that for the last god knows how many years and i don't think even under sir alex ferguson okay they had some fantastic results but he was more of a balanced coach. I think he, he had a far more sort of balanced approach overall. And someone like Allegri, I think he can give that to them. I think he's the kind of guy that can come in, steady the ship, get them, you know, just kind of maybe get into the top seven or thereabouts and, you know, get the right sort of players in if he has some kind of influence on on how he wants to play the following season. Um, yeah, I think they're more in need of someone like him than they are, you know, like a kind of a Guardiola or something like that. I think they need more of a someone that can come in and steady things rather than, uh, you know, play sort of super attacking or super defensive football. But that's me. I know this. Can we send them someone who will make it worse? Because I honestly, (laughs) until Manchester is is relegated, I I won't rest. When I was younger, I said, if I ever win the lottery, I will invest every single dollar into buying Manchester United and completely running them into the ground. Um, I might, I might do that with Inter Milan too. Um, before we move back to another, before we move on to another question, um, uh, you know, happy to see Sinisha Mihailovic. Uh, he was present at the first actual, actually present at the training uh, for Bologna. And uh, you know, hopefully, he'll be able to to be on the sideline against against Juventus this um, this coming game. Yeah. So, shout outs to him. Uh, yeah. Cancer sucks, and you know, if you know, it's our our thoughts and prayers to everybody who's who's got a relative struggling with it right now. Um, moving on to the next question, which I just lost. Um, I got to give a shout out to our friend Daniel. Uh, he said that could Costa coming back ultimately be a negative thing since he's too unreliable with his injuries and that can disrupt the flow of the team. What do you think? Oh, you know what? I, I read that question and I think it's a, it's a really good question because it's one of those questions that kind of sort of splits you down the middle because when Costa was playing really, really well and I think he was starting to come into his own, he hadn't got any goals but he was playing really well just before the injury and mm-hmm. he just looked electric like he really was turning it on and then obviously he goes off and then we change and we're playing the 4-3-1-2 and we saw what that did against Inter 
and that also kind of facilitated. What are you talking about? I don't know. Bernadeschi picked up all the slack, and he was he was amazing. Oh wait a minute, <laughs> Bernadeschi literally disappeared, and people were like, "Is he playing? Is he?" He touched. <laughs> he, he, the commentator said his name for the first time, in like by minute thirty or something. Yeah. Go no, ahead. Sorry. So when we lost him. No, no, it's it's okay. But yeah, I, I think um, I think you kind of have to go with what's working at the moment. And if you if you're able to go to uh, Inter and play against the team that Conte is, is coaching, and you're able to, and the, the, just briefly to touch on the Inter game, I know we we haven't sort of, of gone over it in too much detail, but just very briefly, nothing but time, um, man. Go ahead. that was, yeah, that that was just an amazing performance. All, all the other games up until this point, I think we've played well in like chunks and then we've kind of switched off. So we played well for like 20, 30 minutes, then switched off and then played well again. This was like, a, I think, right up until perhaps the last 10 minutes of the game. So say sort of 80 minutes, we played just fantastically. And the fact that we were able to score a goal at, I think it was like a 70 something minute and win the game. We were the better team from the start to the finish. We had so many chances. We could have and probably should have won it like 3-1 or 4-1 or whatever. Um, and it just looked like that system worked so, so well. Everything just kind of clicked into place. So um, I think that the real question there is that you have two formations that rely on two players who are both injury prone. So Aaron Ramsey is not the, the most reliable. Douglas Custer is not the most reliable. Um, so I think ideally you you need to go with what's working at the moment. Um, you need to go with who's fit. You need to go with who's you know uh, not coming back from an international break. Um, I, I get the feeling we'll probably go to four three three. That was my next question. Damn it, you're too good. So so I'm reading the questions at Harelma twenty four. Uh, he's asking. Uh-huh. He, his question is literally four three three versus four three one two. And then Giovanni, whose uh-huh. whose uh, Twitter handle is at Calciologist, which is pretty, pretty fucking dope. Uh, he says that uh, he wants to add who plays in the Ramsey position if he isn't fit. So it's a, it's a, it's a tandem question. So 4-3-3 versus 4-3-1-2 and who plays in, uh, in Ramsey's position? What do you think? For me at the moment, the way that we're playing 4-3-1-2 seems to be the better fit because... Who? We, Sorry, you, you broke yeah. up for a second. Who? Um, I was just saying, I, I think at the moment, uh, using 4-3-1-2 seems better than using 4-3-3. If Ramsey isn't fit, um, the only other player that can really do that is, is going to be uh, Bernadeschi or probably Dybala. Uh, so we, we have options there. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, uh, if you play that way, you're not going to be able to, to play Douglas Costa, who was playing so well. So it's kind of... It's like we're spoiled for choice almost, but <laughs> I think at the same time, with the injuries that we have, like this, I think um, I get the feeling that over the course of the season, we're going to play both. I really do. I think there's going to be other times when Costa is out and, and we switch back, and then there's going to be times when Ramsey might be out and we switch back to 4-3-3. Um, ideally, personally speaking, I would prefer we went forward with the 4 3 one, two, because I think Aaron Ramsey links up so well with uh, mm-hmm. Ronaldo and, um, and Dybala. And that would be my sort of front three, so to speak. So Yeah, he, think- he's an excellent player. Ramsey is so good. And, and you know, he's, he's like a, you know, to, to other like football purists, he's, he's, yeah. he's got this crisp touch and he's, he can split the defense in one, one ball. 
but his injuries, man. I mean, we knew what we were getting when he when we bought him, and uh, I just really, really hope that he um, he stays fit. And 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 he's not even fit for the game against Bologna. He didn't play for the for Wales, and it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's ah man. I just wish him to stay healthy. Uh, somebody said. Somebody once mentioned that they're going to open a whole wing on in J Medical just for him, just to take care of him, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, thankfully, international break is over. I think um, uh, Inter, they have an injured player uh, because Cuadrado apparently uh, injured uh, Alexis Sanchez, which people who watched the game, they said that that didn't happen, but they made a lot of Inter fans ha uh, angry. Yeah, exactly. If you just if you get a chance, go and, and take a look at the clip. Uh, it, it's not down to Cuadrado at all. If you look at the clip, you can see it's that's really not the case at all. Yeah, I, mean, but I, obviously, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, the, it's just you know to fuel the hate against Inter against Juve for Inter fans takes nothing. Um, I I truly do believe that it had nothing to do with him. Um, well, I think those are pretty good questions. Uh, I think we did pretty well. And here's the the issue that. The question that we got a lot, uh, this was usually, you know, you get a question and um, that's the only version of it you get. But sometimes you, this is the first time we got a question that a lot of people asked and they wanted us to discuss the whole controversy with Demiral. Um, yeah. You know, the, uh, this, is where, this is where we need to be a little careful, um, just like the situation with Ronaldo's rape uh, accusation. Uh, we got a lot of we got a lot of positive feedback for that episode. That was the one I love doing this podcast. We've been doing it for like six years or something. Um, but this was one episode that I, that I was really nervous about doing because you um, you never know nowadays what's what's going to happen. What's what's going to be taken out of context? And I'm glad that both male and female followers. They gave us um, much props for that. So here's another controversy that we have to discuss. Like I mentioned to you, it's not it's not all just Juve chit chat, and we're not here uh, to only have fun. Sometimes we have to discuss things that are uncomfortable. So uh, Turkey uh, at the border of Syria, you know, our amazing president he he withdraws uh, our forces. That gives Turkey a chance to to. Um, Oh, man, <laughs> I did, I, I'm so not a political person. So basically, you know, uh, there's no, there's Turkish forces in Syria. That, do do you want to do you want to take this one over? Essentially, that's it. You, you've covered it. That okay. the, there is a lot of controversy about this this Turkish push uh, into this part of Syria, and mm -hmm. people are concerned about what's going to happen to the the Kurdish forces. Um, and obviously Demiral, being a Turkish player, has, mm -hmm. has kind of come out. And a lot of other Turkish uh, um, footballers in particular, I think, have all come out in support of their country, in terms of uh, in support of their president. And the, the backlash is, is kind of obvious that, you know, they're, they're kind of um, sort of showing support and endorsing uh, the government. And there's no sort of... Um, you know, no sort of grey area. It, it, mm -hmm. They're basically saying, yes, we, we agree with what the government are doing and, and we are completely behind our country. Um, the, the issue that I have, um, I mean, uh, a lot of, I got a lot of criticism because I said, I don't really think you should have 
put that out on social media in terms of supporting uh, the, the government and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I stand by that. I, I really don't think you should have. I've lived in Turkey for the best part on and off uh, nearly 10 years. Oh, wow. So most of my, yeah, most of my closest friends are all Turkish. Uh, if you go into a bakery in a small village in Turkey, you'll find uh, pictures of uh, Ataturk. They, they have them That's everywhere right. because he's, he's, he's a hero. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, to, to the point where you you don't want to say anything bad bad about him. It's, yeah. He's he's an icon, and and you know it's you just there's some things you just don't do in Turkey. Exactly, they are a fiercely nationalistic people. They they love their country. Um, they are very proud of who they are, and they're proud of their history, and they're proud of their heritage, and what have you, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I understand. And like I say, a lot of my friends are Turkish, and I I'm completely. I understand that that kind of need because I'm I'm English. Uh, you know, I may have Asian background, but I'm English essentially. I'm proud of my country yeah. as well. And mm-hmm. but when it comes to something like this, my own personal feeling is that there needs to be this this kind of split between football mm-hmm. and sports, which are essentially something that we go to uh, to, to kind of escape exactly. the world. We go there to escape politics. We go there to escape all the the shit that we read from Monday to Friday about wars and invasions and the you know the god awful things that have been happening, uh, especially in the Middle East. We, of course, we are we pay attention to that, but at the same time, there needs to be always something that you can just kind of say, okay, this is the the part that gives me time to not have to focus about all the dreadful and horrible things that go on in the world. And for me, personally speaking, I just feel like, and I'm not going to make a big deal of it, but I don't feel that politics and football should mix. I've tried that in the past. I've tried putting out my political views on, on social media and stuff. It doesn't go down well. And I learned yeah. my lesson and I drew a line under it and that was it. Um, and yeah, just just my overall feeling is that it's not a good look for him. It's because he's representing not only Turkey, but he's representing Juventus as well. And he has to take that into account. He's a Juventus player. Other players haven't done that kind of stuff in the past. Uh, and it just feels like he's completely disregarded that. He's very young. He's very proud of his country. I completely understand. And I empathize with that entirely. But I just feel like it was it was the wrong choice on his part. Yeah. I mean, he it's to learn from that. And I'm sure when he gets back. Yeah. So, sorry, go I ahead. I don't know what you I, think, if, if you agree. Um, no, I was just going to ask yeah. you if you agree. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, the hashtag Demerol out. Uh, I want to discuss the social media part of it. Um, yeah, you, I mean, it takes nothing f- for you to type out a hashtag. Uh, and like you said, you know, Turkish yeah. people are very proud. I grew up in Azerbaijan. I mean, we're, we're, we're two uh, friendly countries next to each other. And, you know, there's a ton of Turks living in, in Baku where I grew up. And I have a bunch of Turkish friends as well. They're they're wonderful people. I mean, it's the the culture, the food, how uh, generous they are, how inviting they are to your home. If you ever, I mean, uh, people have gone to Istanbul, and, and it's one of their favorite places to visit. Everything about it, and uh, but you know, the social media part of it is how involved yeah. how involved are you willing to be as a UEFA fan? Uh, what level of of fandom are you willing to to go? Too, because if if you're willing to abandon Juve, if you if you're willing to start a hashtag against your own player, that obviously yeah. means more to the 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 political situation. Obviously, means more to you, 
and you're putting that, uh, you know, that um, you're putting your f- uh, f- front foot forward and and saying, listen, there's a line that I draw. Um, I cannot support a player who plays for my team yeah. if he if that's what he stands for. But then there's you know then there's another way. Then there's there's a there's a person who who hasn't completely <laughs> integrated into the social media life because do you what well like what do you care you know what I mean like will you be one of those people who disregards social media and says hey that's just what he does that does not affect me at all um, yeah how how far am I willing to go for my team is he a Juve player. There's no right or wrong. He's a Juve player for me. So it's just a matter of, you know, it's a, again, we're bringing up social media. It's 2019. Everything bleeds through. And, you know, I'm reading an article here and it says, um, people who liked Demiral's comments on Instagram and the picture of him throwing up the salute, those players were punished and those, you know, those teams had to deal with, um, with the blowback. Like, um, uh, um, so, and, and there's, there's a couple of players, uh, that refused to give the, um, yeah. to give the salute. And that's when Demiral became, became kind of the central figure in this whole thing. Yeah. After the late equalizer yeah. against France and Paris, uh, Demiral was, he was on camera arguing yes. with yeah. the players that refused to give the salute. And it's, you know, it's, again, it comes down to how far are you willing to, to stand up to Demiral and his political views, or are you willing to be, to be com- completely mute to it, immune to it and, and move on and just say, that's a man who, um, yeah. who's, who's putting his political stance out there and I don't care. It does nothing to me. So it's, it's, it's weird, you know? It's I I really I get the feeling it, it's something that is just so personal you know for for a lot of people people are that uh, there's a lot of people that I follow that are very political people and they support Juventus but their politics come first and I understand that because you know the, the the things that have happened over the last couple of decades in particular you know it's it's been horrendous and I completely get that if you have a strong political view about this and you see a player of yours from the team that you love doing this, that you have every right to be upset. I get that entirely. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I kind of understand this young, very naive player who is fiercely patriotic, trying to to take this very sort of positive stance for his country. He's trying to, to sort of represent them in, in a time of, I suppose, crisis where he feels that maybe they're under attack from everyone else around the world. And he's trying to say, look, I'm Turkish and I'm proud and I'm proud of what they're doing. He may not fully understand the implications of what he's doing. And I think it's, it's again, it's this need to constantly comment on everything on social media. Yeah. I think this oh, is the other don't, thing don't as well. Don't get started on that. Absolutely. It's like everyone has to have an opinion on everything. And this is something that I, I'm pretty sure you didn't grow up with this. I didn't grow up with this. Sometimes you yeah. don't have an opinion. Sometimes, you know, like social media amplifies it to the point where, you know, you're, you're expected to sort of take a stance on, on everything, you know, every type of human rights or, you know, like LGBT, I, I can't remember the, the acronym, yeah. uh, you know, that, you know, rights uh, for, 
gay and lesbian people, transgender stuff, politics. Uh, you know, you're expected to have an opinion on every single little thing. And sometimes you don't have... No, no, you're not no. just expected to have an opinion. You're expected to have an opinion that offends no one. You know what I mean? And, and, I'm, yeah. pretty, and I'm a pretty liberal person. Like, I have no crazy views and no, I'm not a fan of conspiracy theories. I am a I, dude, I, especially after you turn 30, you realize how much time you wasted trying to convince, <laughs> trying to convince other people of your views. At this point, I just want my kids to grow up accepting of everybody. That's my job. And I feel like it's social media is replacing what your parents should be telling their kids or, yeah. you know, I feel like social media, you just need to have some kind of a cutoff and, um, um, yeah, like, like you said, you know, everybody needs to have an opinion. And believe me, the irony is not lost on us. We're two people talking on a podcast, telling you our opinions. <laughs> but believe me, this is just an entertainment show. You can disagree with us yeah. all you want. And, and, and then again, we are, we are the, the, the two grown-up people who know that if we get something, you know, some kind of a negative comment, I just let it go. Believe me, I, 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 I don't want to say I don't care, but if you come at us, uh, people in yeah. pu- like a public eye and you you know instead of constructive critis- criticism like people always write to me about the sound quality and I try to do the best about it but you know if, if you're just being an a-hole and you're a Ronaldo fan and you tell me that uh, <coughs> F you and your, your, your Ronaldo is bigger than your club that's a block that yeah. I don't have to deal with that shit but if you have an opinion I don't disagree with I think we're at an age where I, I appreciate a little, you know, back and forth if it's if it's if it's constructive and if it's made in a in a polite way. So, um, yeah, but I, I think mean, that, I, that yeah. kind of brings it full circle back to the whole Demid Al thing. He's a very young man. He's he's only twenty whatever years old. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different generation who have found a different way to express their thoughts and opinions, and exactly. and for them, social media is going to be something that is going to be a constant in their life. They're going to have it from you know from a very early age and onwards, and, and it will probably last for a very very long time. And like you say, two old guys like us, we're still trying to you know like get to grips with it. And I think maybe this is where. I don't want to call it a mistake, but I think this is maybe where he felt that it was okay to make a statement like this and and put it out there in in the in the public domain because social media has become such a, an important part of an athlete's life and, and how they promote themselves. Yeah, and and, and, he, that, and that can uh, affect your future as well. I mean, like you said, he's a young guy. He needs to he needs to know when to draw the line. What's what's more important to him? Uh, the fact that he you know he professes his patriotism or his mm-hmm. or his you know footballing future and that's that's kind of kind of on him i think he's got the most the worst of it because he was one of the yeah. he was the one guy that was sort of harassing his other players that refused to give the salute i think that's that kind of um uh, brought him to to the front of the whole issue i feel like yeah. if they did it together if somebody refused that's their right but i feel like he got a lot of negative because he was he was pretty violent, man. I, I don't know if you've seen the video. They're celebrating and he's pushing his own player, even though this was supposed to be a moment of <laughs> jubilation. And they're, you know, they've equalized in Paris against the world champions. And this has kind of taken the, the, the front page news. You know, it's, you know, his, his, uh, his actions are, yeah, are in the, instead of the, the just, players. Just one final thing that I, that I would add on it is that uh, these are young 
people in their 20s. You know, when we were young and 20, we were doing stupid stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of young 20 year olds uh, going out and expressing their opinions, but they don't have the, the you know, sort of they don't live under the magnifying glass of the press and the media. And uh, there's a lot of stuff I did in my 20s that I would look back on and think, OK, maybe I shouldn't have done it this way. And I'm not saying he's right or wrong. Uh, I'm just saying that there may come a point where he may look back, you know, when we understand the full implication of what's happening, you know, with, with this sort of Turkish uh, push into Syria, that there may be sort of a year or two years down the line when he looks back and thinks this wasn't the right thing. I, sh I shouldn't have done this. So, um, uh, did, you, yeah. did you hear about Juve trying to deal with the, whole, the, the situation? Because we, I mean, we have Emre Can, who's, who's got uh, Turkish roots. We have Demiral. Yeah. I think Emre Can is actually one of those players who liked, hold on, let me... Uh, the, the post was also, uh, quote-unquote, liked by Germany international uh, Gündoğan and Emre Can, who both have Turkish uh. heritage, causing German Football Association director Oliver Birhoff to say that the pair had made a mistake on social media site. Um, <laughs> Gündoğan and Can would later remove their likes with the pair releasing statements after Germany's, 2000, uh, after Germany's Euro 2020 qualifying win over Estonia on Sunday. I'm absolutely a pacifist and I'm against all forms of war, said Emre Can, while Gündoğan added, I can only stress again that there was no political intention behind it. I wanted to congratulate a friend uh, on the goal and the victory. So, yeah, I mean, there's different stories and honestly... But when it comes down to it, it's it all, it's like I said, it's all about how, how far are you willing to, to take this issue? Uh, are you yeah. looking at likes? Are you looking at what the statements were put out by, by this player's people, this player's, um, on a human level, especially after becoming a father, I, 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 I it sounds silly, but I just hope that the world can live in peace because nobody deserves a war. Uh, nobody deserves to live in fear, you know, especially if it comes to children. But that's uh, that's another topic. But yeah. I, I just feel like you know, if you want to concentrate on the Turkish win, Turkish draw against uh, against France, which was monumental feat, you know, for for this young Turkish team uh, going into year twenty twenty, I think there will be a huge. Um, there will be a huge force in the next Euro, which is a very exciting Euro, by the way. I don't know if you guys know this, but is this the one that will be played in different cities around Europe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, I think Italy are co-hosts for, for mm -hmm. part of it. I can't remember who the other hosts are. Is it Portugal? Uh, Spain, possibly? I, I've oh, got there, no idea. Uh, let me go to the Google mobile. Um, yeah, I mean, just to finish this, the, let's touch on Euro, I guess. Um, Euro 2020 will be exciting. It's particularly exciting for me because uh, Baku will, will be one of the one of the stadiums. Um, what else, man? Man, this website okay. is so awesome. It's so awful. So, um, <laughs> so I mean, Italy uh, qualified. So uh, yeah, congratulations to Italy. Oh my god, um, <laughs> it's amazing. I really hope Buffon goes as like the third keeper or something. I, I really hope he gets his, his swan song. So, uh, Euro 2020 will begin on June, 20, uh, June 12th, 2020 and run through July 12th, 2020. The semifinals and finals will be played at Wembley Stadium in London. And there are 11 other cities that will co-host the games. Amsterdam, Baku, uh, Bilbao, Spain. Um, 
Bucharest, Romania, Budapest, Copenhagen, Dublin, Glasgow, Munich, Rome, and St. Petersburg. Um, I think it'll be kind of fun. It's they're trying something different, and um, you know, yeah. UEFA is all about money and ratings, and you know, you know, this is the the way to get all the money <laughs> and all the ratings. You know, exactly. That's it. All right, Rob. This was an hour and four minutes of pure Juve madness, and I want to thank you for joining me. I appreciate you as always. Uh, thank. You. No, thank you, thank you for having me on. Like, you know how much I love. No, this. I'm not having you on. We're we're having one. each other on. And and guys, thank you so much for your support. And you know, uh, uh, yeah, that's true. Keep coming with the with the questions and the comments. We love you guys, and we truly do enjoy reaching out to our our UVA fans. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And um, I'll be talking to you after the game against Lokomotiv, which should be fun. We'll be doing that podcast with Giovanni. Check back in with us and Forza Juve. Forza Juve.